Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Yo guys, welcome to the uh, Babylon Pastor Podcast. Uh, welcome to the third month in January, or third month. I can't the third know. month in January, everyone. As, as I described in the last podcast, my brain doesn't work. I may have had a mild stroke. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm just not sure. Yeah. What's Love it to me? Man. Okay. Welcome the, to the third, third podcast this month. I'm just going to let you talk. Yeah. Go ahead. You just, I'm going to yeah. put this mic over here. And do- hey, everybody. Welcome to the Babylon <laughs> Pastors Podcast. I'm Rob, and this is. Michael, uh, he, he, he does know me. He does know me. Yeah, <laughs> he knows who I am. I thought you were gonna say it. Anyway, oh, Michael. Uh, hey, I, yeah. what's up? Yeah, hey. And uh, this month is what? Are you, what are you calling it? The grow in. Grow in, yeah. Grow, grow in. in. The grow in is. I feel uh, like a mega church pastor. Our series for this month is growing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Um, topical all the time, no matter what um yeah no don't don't do that uh but so uh this is the grow in series this month and uh we talked about prayer life and bible reading last week uh prayer life on week one and this week we're going to talk about discipleship and how all of you should be perfect disciples already go michael yeah so i don't know where you're not i am i'm done sanctification process was finished about a couple years ago so. Yeah, I actually died already. So <laughs> I'm already in my glorified body. I don't know what's Yeah, this is this is uh yeah. I'm, no, I'm already so, this is a Ghostbusters uh episode. So, so discipleship. Um I think here's the thing. The church in general How do I say this? Um You can say it. We 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 do either we do a really poor job at this or we define it in such a weird way that it doesn't actually kind of, is it what discipleship is? Both um, of those things are true. <laughs> so I think. I, think, I think that that happens more often than not. So either churches don't have any discipleship program whatsoever, which is problematic. I think you see that a lot more small churches that, that are like, you know, they've no. The, most of the same people have gone there forever. They all know each other. It's very easy not to have a discipleship program there because everybody knows everybody. So what do we need to do? Um, everybody calls you friend. There you go. Donate an invitation. Come on in. <laughs> uh, I think that's the, that's kind of the mentality there uh, most of the time. So if you're going to, if there is a discipleship process that happens, you, you really have to seek that out yourself sometimes in those sort of situations, because the importance of discipleship isn't really seen there a lot of often. Um, and then I think the other side of it is you have churches that have like what they call growth tracks or discipleship groups, which again, to their merit, they're doing something right. I mean, they're, they're attempting it. I just think that what we see discipleship wise in the Bible is literally, I mean, you have, so I think a great example of it is in the pastoral epistles where like there are older men discipling younger men, older women mm-hmm. discipling younger women. Like it's a one-on-one relationship that's purposeful. That's not just for an amount of time. Like it's, I am learning from you. Um, 
you know, your life experiences with the gospel, how you interact, you know, how this, this, the situation I'm going through, you've went through five times already. How does that look like for a Christian, you know, that's been through this already and really walking through that and learning from those experiences uh, from somebody else? Um, I think often growth tracks and like discipleship groups are much more like really fit more in like a Bible study-esque type of group where it's not really discipleship. It's more of we're just all sitting down together talking about the Bible. And I think our definitions mm-hmm. are a little off because in a, in a discipleship, I'm sorry, I'm going to move my leg here. In a discipleship um, kind of relationship, there is this growing, there is this vulnerability, there is this being known. Um, there's, you know, for example, the person that's discipling you, you they know you. They, they know your struggles, they know your sins, they know, you know, what makes you tick, what sets you off, what, you know, what you're really good at, like all of these things. And um, I, I don't know if there's a perfect scenario that I've ever seen where it's done, you know, like, great or perfect, but I think, I think our definitions are so messed up sometimes, or that it's so hard to find that type of relationship that sometimes we just give up on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that I, I accidentally <laughs> fell into one. Like, that's the thing. Like, uh, our church just to just be transparent and honest about it. Our church doesn't really have, uh, anything set up to do that because we are, we are smaller and everybody knows everybody. So really that, that, that discipleship, um, kind of camaraderie thing where we sit down and we talk about things. That was an accident. I just, there, it was me and a couple other guys that just sat down and started talking about the Bible one day. And, you know, that just developed into what it is now, this, this friendship and this just really sitting down and, you know, talking through the hard things and learning from each other and knowing that, you yeah. know, we're in different stages of life. And um, I don't even know if I would strictly define that as discipleship. That's as close as I have to it in my life, honestly, as far as, I mean, I have older pastors speaking into my life, but really the vulnerable, the one-on-one talk, that's with that, those two other guys. Um, so I think that's what we really have a struggle with as Christians. So we, we've talked about prayer. That's an individual thing. We've talked about Bibles. That's an individual thing uh, in many aspects. But when we get to discipleship, that relational thing, I think we have a real hard time with that, especially if it's like we have that mentality that you go to church and you listen to the sermon and then you leave. Um, so that, that's what I've seen at least. Uh, that, that's why I think it's my, my, my life, um, my growth in Christ is so much stronger when I have, I mean, I, I saw an exponential change um, when I accidentally fell into that discipleship with those other guys where uh, I was able to be challenged. I was able to be called out. I mean, those things that weren't there before. Um, And so now I find myself like purposefully making time, even during the time of COVID to be like, track them down on Sunday and be like, Hey, how's your week going? What are you doing? You know, texting each other every other day or something, you know, Bible verses or things that are going on in life, songs that have really, you know, that, you know, that I think that they would appreciate that, you know, things like that. Um, that made a big difference for me because now it's not just you going to church and you reading, you praying, it's a community. Um, it's diving in together, not just as a big corporate body, but as individuals, brothers, uh, brothers and sisters. So. Yeah. Um, I've, 
do you have a definition that if you had to define disciple, like what, is there something that you, or something that you've heard somebody or whatever? Well, I I have one that, that I use, but. So let me see how close I am (laughs) to what you have. Uh, It would be somebody that would, honestly, it would be, uh, I think I would mirror the definition to what Jesus and his disciples were, which is in you are learning from someone else. Uh, Now that's a broad definition, more of a scriptural one. I think you're learning from someone else about the scriptures um, from them. I mean, essentially passing, they're passing that down to you. Yeah. Um, so I, in, in my mind, a, a disciple, right? Because we have to have a definition for disciple before we can get to the discipleship. Yeah. Right. Because Excellent. so, and that's, that's a, an important distinction because I think sometimes uh, like you were talking about definitions that we have, if we're going to define discipleship, it, there's so many different ones um, that I think so many churches would have different definitions of disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, discipleship looks so different all the time. Um, and I think one of the, one of the ways that that plays out is that in the American church, um, specifically in like Bible belt esque churches, like the, the churches where it's, um, you're sometimes it's as bad as you're a Christian because you've been in the church a long time, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and you act right. Uh, but, uh, sometimes uh, we get into like Bible studies, right. And that is uh, discipleship in a church. And that happens simply because the definition of a disciple, they, they might not articulate it like this, but in their mind, like how they believe, because what you act, what you actually believe, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how, and, and so, um, what they believe about a disciple is simply that, this is someone who's growing in their knowledge of God, right? And so, so many Bible studies that you might go to are just that, or Sunday school curriculums mm-hmm. or whatever. Like you do these things and you do learn more, right? Um, and, and a lot of times though, what you end up with are a lot of really educated sinners that are not growing in Christ-likeness, yeah. you know? I, I mean, Satan knows a, infinitely a, a more about good scripture and sad than definition. you and I. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, so that for, for me, right, if I'm going to define disciple, and this is partially a ripoff of some other people that I've heard define it, but you don't need to reinvent the wheel if it makes sense. And um, so for me, it, a disciple is somebody who is um, every day who is uh, growing to submit more and more to Christ in all of the areas of the, of your life. Um, and, and that, that, kind of um definition right uh uh, as we as we learn more and more to um not just learn scripture but to do scripture Mm -hmm. afterward right um to allow scripture to change us um into more christ-likeness and to be living more like jesus lived right not just learning how he lived but then having it change us that that really is the f- essence of a disciple. If you just were to get online and search, you know, uh, what is a disciple, you would probably, I haven't done this, but you would probably learn uh, 5 billion different ways to say things uh, as far as a definition. Uh, it's probably endless. Um, but a disciple, 
is is simply someone who um, what you'll hear is uh, someone who believes in Jesus and follows him. That's great. What does that even mean? Right. So uh, but for me, that's true. Right. Mm -hmm. But what does it mean to follow him? What it means to follow him is in the same way that you look at his disciples in scripture and and you see them actually become more like Christ yeah. mm -hmm. when at first their faith was weak and whatever else. And Peter denies Jesus. And, and then you see them in acts and it's like two totally different people. They were, mm -hmm. they were transformed slowly into these new creations. And um, so I think we have to define disciple before any church anywhere can actually have a good solid definition and path of discipleship. Yeah. That's a much more coherent definition than what I gave. So the working definition that we're working with, uh, to be clear, is someone that is being transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ daily. Correct? Is that what I heard? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that works. And so our church actually does have, um, it's in the infancy stage still, but because it's, we're about three years old when it comes to what I'm about to talk about. But um, so missional communities. So instead of Bible studies, which I hate, simply because of the of what I said earlier, mm -hmm. it tends to in, in the American church, it tends to be what we think of as discipleship when so often all we're really doing is growing in our knowledge of scripture yeah. um, without it ever actually changing our lives without us being accountable to, to that transformation. And so um, what the missional community does, there are seasons. And so Donna and I have one in our home every Sunday night. And uh, what, what this does, there are literally seasons where we don't study through scripture where all it is some, there are moments when all it is is, two or three months of just being together and eating together and, and hanging out and, and getting into conversations and what's going on in your life and whatever. Mm -hmm. And those are really helpful. Yeah. There are times that we jump into scripture and, and we do a series of some sort or go through an actual Bible study sort of a thing. But when we're doing that, I very intentionally end every one of those with, Okay, what are you going to do? What are we going to do this week, right? To to change that. Like, how do, how do we help one another this week to live this out, right? Mm -hmm. So, so discipleship is an intentional thing. It's not just as I learn more, I grow to look more like Jesus. That's just not how it works. Uh, it, you just learn more mm -hmm. um, without the intention there. So, and it requires more people. Um, I think, I think sometimes in, uh, I've ran into lots of folks who, um, make much of Christ and nothing of the church. Right. And, and so uh, church is an important, we've had, we've had episodes about that, mm -hmm. uh, in some of the Q and A's, I think. Um, but church is important because you were made for community. You were made to be with people. That's why even the very essence of marriage, the two become one. That, that's, mm -hmm. that's the whole idea. We need people. And um, you cannot grow with just you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it just doesn't work yeah, like that. Exactly. So, um, there, there are some specific um, curriculums, for lack of a better way to put it, some specific 
concepts that I think are super important for a young disciple, like foundational um, uh, to, to work through. But as far as the everyday kind of flow of what discipleship looks like, it's probably a little bit different in every church because it's, mm-hmm. it's contextual. But the things that should be the same are what the definition of disciple is, which should be a biblical definition, right? And it does involve perpetual transformation um, of your life. Um, and two, it has to involve people, not just a Sunday. We had 120 people Sunday here. That's not, you're not capable of uh, growing and being transformed by those people. It's 120 people, you know, it's a more intimate setting that's needed to have real deep conversations. Um, And the, the relationships have to be intimate, right? Like, and, and what I don't mean by that young people is sexual Okay. Obviously we're not having a Sunday night. Orgy. I'm, I'm not um, sure how somebody would jump there, but they, it's possible. <laughs> well, the word in, intimate, right. It can mean yeah. a lot of different things in this world. So, yeah. but all, all I mean by that is, is that you, you have to have a relationships with uh, the person or people um, that, that you are able to actually be open, mm-hmm. right. When you are struggling with something uh, you have to be able to be open. You have to, be able to trust them. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and sometimes that doesn't happen because those people aren't trustworthy. And sometimes that happens because you're not willing to trust people. Right. So uh, there are different things that can cause that, but, uh, but you, you have to have some of those key things before you're even going to be able to open your life up to be discipled. Yeah. Well, I think that's like what you said, especially the last part, I think is what people struggle with a lot is um, because we live in, well, especially now with depending on where you're at, you're you know not seeing as many people as you used to anyway. But just even before that, the, the whole online thing where you don't actually have to connect to somebody to connect to them. Like it's just as easy as typing something or texting them. Yeah. Um, and I think we have, I mean, I know I've noticed um, even especially with, um, you know, your younger generation out there and your cell phones, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's very difficult. First of all, um, I think it's difficult depending on your background to connect with people at all, especially if you didn't have a healthy family relationship. So that's already there. And then you live in a society that's very much like a, a text, a type, we don't even call anymore. So now you're not even interacting with somebody vocally. So there's another barrier. So then you get to church and we're like, Hey, come and be very vulnerable with other people. And you don't even know how to be vulnerable with people. Like no one, you've never told anything to anybody about yourself. Like your secret is literally just your secret. Nobody else knows it. Um, and I think that's where, uh, one, the church, as you know, they're developing, uh, maybe, uh, programs or things like that to kind of help you know, discipleship along is recognizing that with people that, you know, we live in a society right now that people just don't connect very easily and trying to make that a bit easier to do um, within that setting, especially within a setting that sometimes depending on what people's background is, they have an adverse reaction to the church already because of trust issues. Um, So obviously there's a lot of barriers to break down there, but like what you said, there's certain things that are in our court that we can do. Um, And like I said, it took for me, you know, with the guys that I talk about at church, 
um, just sitting, you know, initiating that conversation, talk, just talking, um, and then learning about that other person and finding out if they're trustworthy when they are, uh, you know, you determine that then, you know, you can go a lot deeper with them. But I think that's the part that a lot of people struggle with is being open with people when some people literally are not even open with their own spouses. So it's one of those things where, well, I'm just, I mean, that's the truth of yeah, it. There's no, you're right. That, yeah. There's guys that I know from work that will talk to me about stuff that they won't even talk to their wife about. And I go, this whole dynamic is screwed up. Um, yeah. So being able to be open enough, knowing that, and again, this, I know this is going to be difficult for some people and it really depends on, I mean, your church, your church experience, all of that. But knowing that you have a church that you can go to that, that, that is full of grace and mercy of people that know they're sinners and know that you're a sinner, you know, being transformed by mm-hmm. the power of God. So there isn't um, this big fear of being judged for something whenever you, you know, there's this space where you can be vulnerable about it. Uh, and I know like that's for some of you might be hearing that that's like a unicorn in a hay field that you're just like, I'm not going to find that. Um, yeah. there are churches out there that, that do exist that are like that. The problem is you just, you, you again, have to put in that work for that, uh, in some regards of you know, putting yourself out there and finding out, is this a place that's, that's safe? Um, but I can, I can tell you on the other side of it, um, the conversations I have with these guys, I mean, I stayed 20 minutes after church last week, talking, uh, talking to one of the guys, his name's Joe. And we were just going back and forth about, you know, what we see, you know, the people we talk to at work, um, you know, the, the things that, you know, that come up in those gospel conversations, like what, what is he dealing with? What am I dealing with? Like, is it similar? What do I do in that circumstance? You know, um, just knowing each other's burden, you know, how can I pray for you? Those sorts of things. Um, and things that you can revisit the next time now. So this isn't just a one-time mm-hmm. conversation. This is continually going. And then just passing, you know, songs back and forth. Um, I mean, again, those re- building those relationships, which I know for people in general is incredibly hard. And that's just one more yeah. step. So I think one part is just understanding that that, like, that's going to be hard, guys, but that's going to be, it's, an, it's, it's a natural step within your Christian walk to be vulnerable with other people that, that are trustworthy. And I think a large part of this falls upon us as as Christians in the church making spaces that people feel comfortable enough with to open up to people about because there's certain things that people like I know I talk to people online a lot um, just by nature of the Instagram page that are scared to death if they go to a church and say hey you know I I you know I'm divorced because I was in an adulterous relationship that they feel like they can't open up about that because as soon as they do there's going to be this wall put up or this judgment laid forth. There's people that I know that, that struggle with same sex attraction, that they think that as soon as they say, look, I'm not, I don't practice homosexuality, but I have this. As soon as they say that they're going to be shut down. Um, So I think in the discipleship process, there's a large part of it that does fall with on, on us that, you know, some, some of us just aren't trying. (laughs) They're just not, we're just making excuses for why we shouldn't be in discipleship or pursue it. And then on the other side of it, I think there's a large part of it that lies on us as, as Christians or leaders in churches to, um, to make those environments, environments that are safe to open up in. Um, so I think it's a twofold yeah. thing here that we got that's really addressed. And in the individual sense, we have to talk about, hey, you have to actually try this. Like, you can't let fear keep you from going deeper. 
And then on the other side of it, as I know from like a, a pastoral part of it, I have to realize that the things that I say affect how people think about stuff um, yeah. and make sure that what I'm saying is, is, is laying the groundwork for a foundation to where somebody does come and say, Hey, you know, this is my past that they're not shut down automatically, but there's that mercy and grace that they were given from Jesus. They can give to other people at the same time. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting. So we've, we've done, and we've kind of talked about this on here before. And I know you and I have talked about this off camera too, that um, we at, at our church here, Hillside, we've tried to be super intentional about, changing the culture that we used to have um which uh not not that everyone was untrustworthy but but as leaders in the church you have to be super intentional about making it as easy as possible for people to open up right for people to actually be able to initiate that or for you to reach out and initiate and people to feel more comfortable accepting. Um, and one of the ways that we do that, even from the pulpit, right? Um, I, I am not shy when I preach about giving my own failing examples, right? I, 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 I try not to talk about me in a way that like is, I give all the good things, right? In fact, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> um, I I want to make yeah. sure that they understand um, that I I struggled with this last week, right? And so I know that we all do struggle. So th- there's kind of that tone to even when I preach, right? I'm not trying to make anybody think that because I have pastor as a title, I'm somehow some kind of yeah. Christian with a cape, way up right? Here. That's yeah. not <laughs> Christian yeah. with a cape. I it, like it. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And two, since we were talking about, um, I was talking about groups earlier, and and how we do that. So we're getting ready to uh, one of those foundational kind of um, things to work through as a young disciple, and that's all. That's good every time I've done it as a not young disciple is gospel fluency. Um, and that that is something that is super helpful because it, it helps you actually articulate the gospel and learn what it is more deeply and learn that it literally affects every single thing in your life. It, it affects, it's the answer to everything, mm-hmm. right, um, at, at some level. So, uh, so we're getting ready to start that. And as we do, the first probably, I'm assuming three weeks or more, first month of it, isn't even going to be gospel fluency. It's going to be uh, everyone in our group sharing their particular gospel story with everyone else. No, I like that. Yeah, because then it opens up. Yeah. And I start it, right? Like I, mm-hmm. myself, my wife, and the other guy in our group that has been through this with us before, um, will do the storytelling first because I want them to know like I'm screwed up too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and, and it's uh, even when I'm introducing people to groups, right. Uh, when someone stops me at, at church, right. Um, and asks, do we have any Bible studies or whatever that they can be a part of? I immediately begin to talk about our groups and, um, 
and uh, about mine specifically, I can say, um, or any any of the groups, honestly, if, if I'm going to talk about our groups, I can tell people, look, what you're going to find are in these groups are people who have a past with marijuana addiction, alcohol addiction, sexual addiction, pornography, uh, like all of it. You're going to find a bunch of people who need Jesus as much as you, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not afraid to talk about it. We're not afraid to to be open about that. And that's important to, yeah. to develop that culture in a church. And we, you said you stayed behind uh, 20 minutes and talked to a guy. It is not, a, we get finished at about 1115 usually. And um, I, I'm the last person to leave so I can kind of lock up and all that yeah. stuff. Um, and it is not uncommon for me to not be able to leave until 12, 1215, because people are just talking. It's like yeah. a family and it's really tight knit and it has taken a long time to get there, but it really as a church and leaders and, and it is, it is your problem, yeah. right? Because everybody's going to bring their own baggage there. And, and so we, we have to make it easy uh, as easy as possible for them to jump that hurdle and trust. But, it, you know, obviously, like you said earlier, some of the weight does fall on the individual. Like you have yeah. to you have to be able to do that. But it's hard to do that and take that step if it's not obvious you can trust anybody. You yeah. Know? Well, I like how you said those groups are set up where it's a matter of uh, everybody else shares first, which leaves that door open. So now after that's happened, you've already heard everybody else's junk. There's no, I mean, it's it's yeah. a matter of now it's now that that's when that ball falls in your court now of mm-hmm. where, okay, now it's your chance. You obviously, nobody else is hiding anything. <laughs> like that guy yeah. over there talked about his story and it was not PG. Yeah. So now <laughs> right. you, now you can, you know, jump in. And the nice thing is, and I love that, that you said that if somebody's asking you about groups or a Bible study, what you intro with is a group and you tell them this, these are the people you're going to find there. Cause I think oftentimes, uh, especially people coming in from outside the church. But I think sometimes we get in this mentality too, when we've been in church for a while that these people don't have problems. Like we just, we just forget that gospel story of this is where you were. And mm-hmm. oftentimes, and I think to, to, to the, to the loss of, you know, a really, what could really affect someone, there's people that'll just be like, you'll, they'll, they'll be like, well, this was the old, you know, the old man. And that's as far as they'll tell you about it. Well, what does that entail? Like, used to be bad, but what is your definition of bad? Like my definition of bad, your definition of bad could be different. So if all you say is, I don't really, you know, I don't like to talk about it. Well, okay. But that could be incredibly beneficial to tell people about that. I mean, in the proper setting. Um, So I think that that's great because at that point, like you said, like the, the church has done their part on the side of it. If now, you know, if I'm new and I know all your stories, that is totally in my court now. I have the, you yeah. know, there, there's nothing holding me back other than myself wanting to go deeper. So, yeah, the church in the past generation has done a really good job of um, making all of the sinners in the world feel like we think we're better than them. Do you think that was intentional right? or do you think that was an accident? I don't, I don't think that it's necessary. I mean, I don't think any church leader sat back and was yeah. like, okay, we have to look, you know, I mean, I don't think it was like intentional in that way, but I think that we, we feel a need, uh, which is not gospel fluid. We, like, mm-hmm. but we, we feel this, this need sometimes. Yeah. To uh, look like we're making the good decisions. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than going, you know what, man, I am just as screwed up as you. I did, the, but Jesus, right? We, yeah. we need to have the bad things as public as they need to be so we can get to, but Jesus. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah. we haven't done a good job of that because, uh, because we don't like to open up. We yeah. want people to see how good we are so they will come to Jesus rather than seeing how bad we are so they will come to Jesus. Right. So where's my mic? I don't even have um, a mic. I got tape. There you yeah. go. <laughs> you dropped the tape. Yeah. The so tape. I even, even on our church's website, right? So hillsidebaptist.org. If you go there, the, the very first uh, thing you're going to see is our little logo or whatever. But right under that, it, it just says, we're just a bunch of ragamuffin people learning together to better love God, love others, and serve the world. And that is a picture of, of the entire culture of what we're trying to do here, mm-hmm. is let people know we're just like you. Like, we're messed up, and oh, we need Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Good deal. So we oh. try to make it comfy. <laughs> all right. Good deal, guys. Well, um, that is all. Have you have anything to end up with before we close yeah. out this episode? I, I mean, I, I don't I don't necessarily think so, other than like if if you're part of a church um that uh not only doesn't have uh, not all churches are set up like uh yep. like we're trying to be set up. Um but uh, there are also churches who are the complete opposite and don't care, right? Like that, that are, that are God help us. If you share something, it, you might have it spread around. Yeah. Right. Or if, I mean, that stuff does exist. So oh, yeah, for, sure. um, for, for anybody in any sort of church leadership position, man up and figure that out. You know, like it, it is super important for you to let the whole world know that you suck too. Um, but if you're the person who's, who's asking about discipleship, you're new at this or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or you're not, but you don't have discipleship currently in your life. Um, uh, make sure that you're a part of a church that, or at least part of a, a, a select few mm-hmm. um, that, that you can do that with that, like that you can say, man, you know, I know I've been married for 15 years, like I just struggled with lust after, you know, like whatever it looks like. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's super good to, to get there. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I, I guess with that, I always say this, I always say I'm done. Then you say something and I'm like, Oh, um, <laughs> my end thing would be this because I am in a position to where we had to sort of make that out of our, out of thin air. Um, so mm-hmm. what I would say is that if you're not in a church that necessarily offers that, uh, one, what I would do is instead of going to the, you know, the pastor and be like, you should do this, um, you know, seek that out and model it a little bit. For example, just find a couple dudes or a couple gals that you say, Hey, you know, I, I, we have similar interests. We have similar thought processes. Hey, let's, let's just make this thing and just make, be intentional about it. And then through that, I mean, lots of times what I've seen happen is you model that out and then other people see that and they want that same thing. So then they'll start seeking mm-hmm. it out too. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be a top-down thing. Obviously, it's better uh, if it's organized and things like that. But I think um, having the excuse of, well, it's just not available, so I won't do it is a really poor excuse. Um, it's a matter of, you know, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, and, and pursue that and live that out for other people. Um, yeah. Because sometimes, honestly, it's just not going to be there and you're not going to have the support for it. Uh, and you're going to you're gonna have to seek that out yourself. 
in order to, you know, to do that. Um, I can tell you it's totally worth it. I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know these guys two years ago and I know them very well now. And I can tell you how much of a blessing those two brothers are to be able to talk with and just talk, you know, just talk through the word with and talk through life with. Um, it's a blessing that I can't even, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm probably like that clingy person, like, thank you, thank you so much because it's just so appreciative. I tell them that all the time. So, um, anyway, so guys seek that out. Uh, it will, it, it will change your life, uh, for the better yeah. when you find a good group like that. So thank you for following, uh, subscribing, commenting, DMing, all of the cool things that you guys do. Cause I'm assuming you're cool people. No one's. Well, yeah, I mean, so. or, or every Wednesday they get a little cooler. Oh yes. Just by association. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Right. We'll yeah. talk to you guys next time.